The Mishnah, the Masech Nazir, Dafchov Dalid, teaches us that if a woman became a Nazir and she designated her animals to bring as the Kabbanis when she completes her Naziris, and then her husband is Mefer the Naziris, so the Mishnah drew the following distinction. The Mishnah says that if the husband is, if the animals that she designated were her own, then the halach is that the chattis should be taken to die, the animal, the oiler should be brought as an oiler's nadava, and the shlomim should be brought as shaman nadava. But if it was he, it was his animals, then the halacha is that since the naziris was nullified, so she's no longer, a, she was never a nazira, there is no obligation, and those animals could be taken back to be used. So obviously, points out the Gemara immediately, that the obligation of a husband to her, his wife's kabonis is a limited obligation. And therefore, since she's in actuality not in the zero, the halacha is that he won't have to provide her with kabonis, and even the kabonis that were designated are not considered kabonis. And therefore, ask the Gemara, who is the town of Al Mishnah that holds that a husband does not have this obligation to his wife when it comes to Kabbanis? It seems to represent the opinion of Rabbanan. If we're going to say it represents the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, why is the halacha that if the husband was made for the Naziris, the animals could go back and were never considered hegdish, he was obligated to provide her with these animals, the Tanya. And the Gemara indeed brings the machloikus of Yehuda and Rabbana, says the Gemara, the Tanya of Yehuda, Oimer, Adam maybe carbon Asher We know that there are certain kabbanas, certain situations, Azov, Azov, Metzoira, Ayoledes, that carbon oil of Yorid, that the kabbanas that are brought depend on one's financial status. A wealthier person brings animals, a person who's not that wealthy brings ifus birds, a person who really doesn't have money is only obligated to bring a carbon mincha. So what is the halacha regarding a wife? She doesn't have money, but her husband, Baruch Hashem, is wealthy. How do we determine the status? Do we determine the status by the husband or not? So Yehuda says yes. Other may be covered on Lishta. If the husband is wealthy, Baruch Hashem, the wife is obligated in those kabbanas. And so too is the Allah on all kabbanas that she is obligated. He has to provide for her. Because that is what it says in the Ksuba. 
All obligations that I have, I have to provide for you. So he has to provide her with kabanas, because that's something she has to bring. So the Rishonim make a number of very important points. They say when we learn here that Rabbi Huda holds that a husband has to provide his wife with kabanas, that's only kabanas that she's obligated to bring. But let's say a woman decides to be menadav a carbon, to be menadav a carbon, that the husband does not have to provide. And the reason that the husband doesn't have to provide such a carbon, explain the Rishonim, is explains the Gemara. Because if that were the case, that the husband has to provide these kabanas, so if a wife was angry at a husband and she wanted to cause him harm, what she could easily do is start making all sorts of uh, vows, all sorts of the Dharma and the Davis, and he's going to have to pay for all of them. And therefore, certainly the husband does not have to pay for those kabanas. Furthermore, the Rishonim debate, when Rabbi Huda says that a husband has to supply his wife with the kabanas that she has to bring, so what about kabanas that she obligated herself that she was obligated in before she got married? Does that obligation continue even after that? Does that husband have to supply those kabanas as well? Continues the Gemara. So our Mishnah says that he's not obligated. Seems to be following the opinion of not of Rabbi Yehuda, because we're learning that the kabanas that he provided. The kabanas that he gave is not obligated. When does he have this obligation? Something that he indeed has to provide. But if the nether is not a nether, he doesn't have to provide for that carbon. However, others learn, who's the tan of our Mishnah? Only Rabbi Huda. The husband, according to Rabbi Huda, according to Rabban and the husband, would never have to give. And Amish is teaching us that only because she ends up not being obligated, that's why he doesn't have to provide the carbon. Otherwise, he would. The team is Shabbalah, but Milsud is Trichalah, the Milsud Loy Trichalah, the Rabbanon, for if we're going to say it's the opinion of Rabbanon, let me Shabbalah Klal. So ask the Gemara, El Heichidom de Mishtabalah. So how do we understand when the Mishnah says that if he wasn't made for it, she could use her kabanas, his kabanas? How do we explain the Mishnah that if he wasn't made for the Hegdish, if she wasn't made for the carbon is obligated, and she could bring his kabanas if he doesn't have to provide it? And it says the Gemara, the Rabbana are going to explain the Mishnah, is talking about going to Akdala, where he was makna the animal to her, and since he was makna to her, it becomes hers. Rava, um, Rava says the Amish to even follow the opinion of Rabbanim. When does the husband give his right to the animal? Only if she needs them. So here we see from our Mishnah that the husband is obligated under certain circumstances to provide his wife with kabanis, a husband is obligated um, 
a husband is obligated to provide his wife for Kabbonis according to Rabbi Huda and even according to the Rabbonin at certain times. And when we discuss this obligation of a husband to the wife, the Mepharshim discuss a number of points. One point they make is that we said earlier that the husband, everybody agrees, even Rabbi Huda agrees, that the dharma and the davis that a wife obligates in, he doesn't have to give. And the question is that Naziris is a form of the dharma and the davis. So why is he have to pay for the Naziris carbon? So Mepharshim explained. A nether or a dava, a woman, anyone who obligates themselves in a nether or a dava, really doesn't carry any very significant personal obligation other than paying for the carbon. And therefore, as we explained earlier, if a wife wants to hurt her husband, she'll make a, she'll make a nether, and now he has to pay. But in a situation like Naziris, where she has to be in Nazira, not drink wine, not be metamalamaisim, not cut her hair. So there we're not concerned that she's going to become a Nazir, a Nazira, death to hurt her husband. And since we're not concerned for that, we, the husband does have to pay for the Naziris carbon, like for all other carbonates that she's obligated to bring. The Tzofnes Peneach, the Ragachava explains, however, when we say that the husband is obligated to provide his wife with Kabanus, it doesn't mean that it becomes his obligation. It's as if he's obligated to bring a carbon. The way he explains it is that it's a financial obligation. He has to provide himself, his wife with Kabanus, he has to provide her with the animal, but she will be the one that will bring the, be magdish the animal and be makriv the carbon. The chiv is in on the woman. He's just providing her with the animal of the carbon, and therefore he explains if there are circumstances that there's a type of a carbon. There are certain types of kabonis that Kohanim are never obligated to bring. So, what about the wife of a Kayin? The wife of a Kayin, even though as we're learning, the Kayin is going to have to pay for those kabonis, is not, it's not considered as if he's bringing it. It's considered as if his wife is bringing it, and she therefore will have to bring it. And as according to Yehuda, and as we're learning maybe even according to Rabbanon, they'll have to pay for it. So the remark in Evan Ezer, Simon Sadik Aleph Sif Dalid discusses an interesting situation. Because again, we're learning now that the husband is obligated to provide his wife with kabanis or anything that she's obligated in. So he asks, he discusses if a community made a takana made a knas, that if somebody does something, they will be fined. Male, female, man, woman, makes no difference. And a wife violated that 
rule and now has to pay knas, does the husband have to provide that payment? And Ramah, again, in Evan Ezra, Simon Sadiq Aleph Siftal, says that the husband has to pay for that knas. And the and he quote, quoting a Trumas Hadesh and says this to Ramah. And the Chalkas Mechaikik says that where we notice halacha from, we notice halacha from the din that we're learning in our Gemara that the husband has to pay for his wife's kabanus. So just like a husband has to pay for his wife's kabanus, he has to pay for all fines that she is obligated in. And he explains what's the comparison between a knas and a carbon. So he says that just like a carbon is mechaper, he says a very bechidosh, when one pays a knas that they're obligated to pay, a knas is mechaper as well. But he goes on to say that just like we've been explaining in our shir, that if a husband, if a, hus- if a wife is menader or menadif, the husband doesn't have to pay, because we need to be concerned that she's just going to do this to hurt her husband. So too would be the halacha, he says, if a, if a wife violated a rule, bemezid, the husband doesn't have to pay the knas, because we need to be concerned, we need to be concerned that she's doing it just to harm the husband. Although, based on what we said a moment ago, it may not be the same. Because we said a moment ago that the Rishonim differentiate between a regular carbon and something like a nether and a dove and naziris. And why? Because we explained that if a naziris, even though it was she who obligated herself in the naziris, but when a woman becomes a naziris, it comes at a price that she's going to have to suffer. When a man, become, when, when she's menadu or menadu of something, especially if the husband's going to have to pay, it doesn't come at any price to her. So now we have to look, when a woman violated a takana, and now is obligated to pay knas, how do we look at that situation? Do we look at that like a carbon adava, where she is only harming him that he's going to have to pay, and it's at no cost to her? Or do we say, violating a takana is like becoming a nazira, where she suffers as well, and when she suffers as well, we see in our Gemara, that even though it came from her, from her she, he has to pay. So that would be connected. Furthermore, we said earlier in the shir, that there's a machloikis we shine If even a coin to Behuda, that a husband has to pay for his wife's kabonis, does that apply to kabonis that she was obligated in before, that she obligated herself or she was obligated to bring even before they got married? The same question, says the Chalkis Machaikik, would be here. If the Tazis, if the Ramah is saying that a husband has to pay for his what for his wife's knas, what would be if a wife came into the marriage with an obligation of knas that she never paid? Would the husband have to pay that knas or not? The Taz, however, disagrees. And he says we can't compare 
the situation of Knast to Kabonus. He says that a woman who violates a rule and is obligated to pay a Knast and is obligated to pay a fine, he says is comparable to a woman who, so she did it on her own. So it's like a woman who is obligated in a nether or in a dava, and the halach is by nether in a dava. The halach is that the husband doesn't, everybody agrees that the husband doesn't have to pay. Here too, he wouldn't have to pay. And interesting, if we look in the Trumas Hadeshin, who the Ramah is basing his psak on, the Trumas Hadeshin himself says this, that even though I'm saying that a husband has to pay for knosses, that his wife has to, is obligated, says the Truma Sedeshin, that's only if when the community instituted this rule, they said that if a woman violates the rule, the husband will have to pay. But if when they set up this rule, they didn't make that stipulation, the husband doesn't have to pay. There's another... There's another...